Hello, and thanks so much for joining me for another edition of Face the Facts with your host, April Moss. So glad you joined us today. Make sure you subscribe right now to this channel on Rumble and follow or share this episode uh, with your family and friends. Today, we're going to be sitting down with AJ Rice. He is the CEO of Publius PR, a great public relations firm representing so many well-known people. He's also the editor-in-chief of the Publius National Post and the number one best-selling author of The Woking Dead, How Society's Vogue Virus Destroys Our Culture. I'm going to be speaking with him today about his latest book and how you can purchase it as well. Links are in the description of this interview. But first, a word from our sponsors. Today's edition of Face the Facts is brought to you by MyPillow.com. Switch where you shop and support Mike Lindell, the only person who has gone out of his way to prove that the 2020 election was stolen. He's done so much for this country and we need to support him. So head over to MyPillow.com today. Save money when you use my promo code APRIL at the checkout. And now we'll get right into my interview with best-selling author, AJ Rice. AJ, thanks so much for joining me today on Face the Facts. It's a pleasure to finally see you in person. April, great to be here. Big fan. Oh, thank you. I'm a fan of yours. You're always putting out great content. Uh, you you know, you're a publicist for everybody else, but you have an incredible book. Uh, I've been reading it, The Woking Dead. I encourage everybody to read this. And um, it's interesting, even my in-laws who, they, they are conservative, uh, but they don't typically tend to read political books. And my father-in-law picked it up off the coffee table and he's like, this is a great book. I need to bring this home with me. <laughs> Um, well, I should have sent you more copies. I, I got some more coming your way there. Look, yeah, I, mean, I, I sent him home with my second one. I had you sent me two, so I sent him home with that one. But um, but anyways, it's a great book, and you really outline a lot of the issues that are facing our culture today. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the current landscape. We're we're hearing a lot of people saying, "Oh, there's going to be a red wave, a red wave." We have a lot of people saying, well, listen, we haven't even had a chance to fix what was wrong about the 2020 election. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on what we're going to see happen next week? Well, one of the fixes we do have is that due to what happened in 2020 and some and the fact that we've now trans, we've basically gone from being alt-right to deplorables to ultra MAGA to semi-fascist. Yeah. And the fact that the president of the United States can go to my city in Philadelphia and trash us. What one thing we do, we have fixed is that there's now 75 million poll watchers out there and they're going to be videotaping everything. So buckle up. It's going to be a long ride with all kinds of stuff flying through the air on social media, confrontations at the polls, all of it. So um, should be a long night. I will say, I will say I've, I've, I think one thing the media is missing here, it's called a red wave. Here's what I've been calling it. It's a memo to Liz Cheney. There's an insurrection happening and it's an insurrection of parents. It's an insurrection in churches and borough councils and student councils and, you know, PTO meetings. I mean, it's, it's, it's happening. 
And the American people are rising up. You saw it in Virginia, where I'm at, mm-hmm. um, with Glenn Youngkin. You had a clean sweep. You saw, you know, Miami-Dade County flip from blue to red. So when you when you saturate the American people with a triple tyranny, where you have a medical tyranny with the COVID and the lockdowns, you couldn't go to prom, you couldn't go to, you know, Penn State football games, our alma mater, you couldn't go to see grandma, you couldn't go... I mean, I had to have a secret wedding because of this wow. and in the summer of 2020 where, 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 where Northam couldn't find me. It was like something out of Game of Thrones. <laughs> right. So, uh, And then you get hit with the cultural tyranny, mm-hmm. the woke and dead. And look, woke, the woke, wokeism is like Baskin and Robbins. There's many flavors, right? Mm-hmm. So you got the Me Too movement that calls all males uh, predators. Mm-hmm. You got George Floyd, the patron saint of fentanyl dies. And now we're all racist. We're going to tear down Western civilization. Um, You've got the LGBTQ mafia that are trying to, like termites, burrow into our entertainment, our school districts. They're sending, you know, Larry and Gary into the women's locker rooms. So the parents have had it there. Mm -hmm. And now because of the reanimated corpse in the White House, who has never signed the, he's never signed the front of a paycheck. His brother, his son, it's a family of grifters. We've been paying for these people for 50 years. He shuffles about like the leader of the Woking Dead. It's like a meat puppet. Um, We have a financial tyranny now. So you have a medical tyranny, a cultural tyranny, financial tyranny. And I'm telling you, uh, it's going to be big. Um, Red tsunami, red wave, whatever you want. But we can can have all the, we can write all the books and host all the shows we want until we get out there and take back some of these institutions of our culture and of our politics, we're never going to get rid of the woking dead unless we do that. You know, it's interesting. As I was reading your book, I'm, I, I think we're very similar in age just from, from reading some of the things that you were saying. And I related a lot to when I was in college, uh, I actually w- was raised Democrat, if you can believe it. And, and I ended up becoming a conservative at Central Michigan University of all places, which is now just a complete uh, far left radical indoctrination camp. But uh, I did, I that was where I, I found out about the truth of, wait a second, you know, everything that I believed growing up about the Democrat Party was really a lie. It's where I, I realized uh, about the origins of the KKK and all of these things, right? And so during that time, I'm reading a lot of Ann Coulter books, and I'm just really trying to like get re-educated on everything. But listen, we were in a time where people, it was a different time period. You could, you could be a Republican and a strong conservative, and that was respected, and that was okay. And you could be a Democrat, and, and hey, I don't like your policies, but I could get along with you at the table, right? And we've gone into this direction now where it's so volatile. There's so, it's so black and white. Um, the differences between these two parties, but now I feel like AJ for the very first time, we're actually starting to see society awaken and understand exactly what's going on here. I mean, you've been speaking out about this for years I feel like I've been reading about it for years and understanding it, but really not seeing the Democrats really waking up to it until now. Uh, your thoughts on that? Well, look, I mean, Bill Clinton couldn't get elected dog catcher today. That's how right. far left they've moved. Um, you know, they're, they're, 
they're controlled by the squad, you know, AOC and the gang. Mm -hmm. And when we take back the House, understand that the Democrat Party is going to shrink. It's going to become more radical, more vocal. So mm -hmm. buckle up for the shenanigans. Um, mm -hmm. You know, they may pull. I mean, once Jim Jordan gets control of some of those committees, just get ready for the fireworks. It's going to be it's going to be happening constantly. Um, obviously, the J6 committee will be disbanded and then they'll all get drugged back to investigate them, um, mm -hmm. which will be a good thing. Right. As far as the Democrats waking up to wokeism, look, I think regular people that don't do this for a living, uh, you know, 80, 90 percent, they don't want this stuff. They don't want cancer. They, mean. they don't yeah. want to, they don't want statues torn down. They don't want Columbus and 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 you know Churchill and the Bible thrown into the dumpster. They don't want it, uh, and they certainly don't want to be told black people are all this and white people are all that, and the country was founded by the Klan and so on. Mm -hmm. The problem we have is that the Woking Dead, really at the source of it, is cultural Marxism. Yep, and it's been around a hundred years. It started pre World War One, where they had these guys. They knew they weren't going to get a workers' revolution. They weren't going to get, you know, a bunch of carpenters overthrowing the government. So instead, they went into the institutions. And for the last 120 years, you had the long march through the institutions. So they control your media. They control your public schools all the way, you know, from pre-K all the way up to law school. Um, your entertainment. I mean, it began with the silent picture industry and early radio and Broadway. But now it's it's everything. It's, it's Hulu, yeah. it's Netflix, it's Disney+. Plus. Um, and then obviously Margaret Sanger and Woodrow Wilson brought them into the Democrat Party. So if you fast forward 100 years, you've got all the same villains that we're fighting. The only difference is big tech. Big tech is the force field that protects the cultural Marxists. It acts as the sort of judge, jury and executioner for all of us online. And, you know, unfortunately, there's very few free speech absolutists left in the Democrat party. I mean, you got people out there like Bill Maher who, you know, he doesn't agree with April and AJ on much, mm -hmm. but on wokeism, he does. He's with us. Mm -hmm. Naomi Wolf's out there, Barry Weiss, Bobby Kennedy Jr. Uh, on some of this stuff. But for the, I mean, I was amazed. I saw this uh, uh, story yesterday about actor Tim Robbins, who's just sort of this known left-wing radical uh, you know, married to or lives with Susan Sarandon, even they are starting to turn. I was shocked, right? Mm -hmm. uh, like seeing Sean Penn do this or seeing right. Morrissey in England be pro-Britain and pro-Brexit, which is in the book. Mm -hmm. um, seeing some of these left-wing guys sort of put their head out and go, hey, um, you know, maybe the government overreach, you know, getting into people's bodies is not a good thing. When you, you know, when you talk to COVID and the lockdowns, I mean, look, sure. Barack Obama was on a podcast last week and he said, you know, addressing wokeism that maybe the Democrat Party needs to cool it a little bit. We're, we're becoming a buzzkill. We're becoming the fun police. So, I mean, look, he's got great instincts. Um, you know, he's a radical, but yeah. he, he sees it. He sees Bill Maher. I mean, look, Bill Maher brings these left wing guys on every Friday night. And it's like target practice. Like they're not ready. I mean, he is blowing these people up. And the one yeah. thing, you know, the one one thing he said a couple of weeks ago, and I've written about it recently, it's not in the book. It might be in the next book. And that is this idea of presentism, basically. And that's kind of what Obama's talking about, too. You know, um, the idea that we're going to judge 
people from yesterday with today's standards, right? Mm -hmm. Like the LGBTQ mafia is upset that George Washington didn't have a gay friend. You know, for all we know, he did have a gay friend. We don't know. Right. You know, um, we, we weren't, you know, George Washington, unfortunately, wasn't on TikTok. So look, some people get it. Sometimes they get it because they actually get it. Sometimes they're calculating and they know that it looks terrible. Mm-hmm. And they saw what happened in Virginia and they're worried that the tidal wave is coming. Well, you're right. And um, speaking on big tech, you know, it was just announced today. Elon Musk is officially uh, has purchased Twitter. And um, tell me your thoughts on how you see this going. A lot of conservatives think, oh, he's going to be the beacon of free speech. Do you think that he's really going to do that? Uh, what are your thoughts? I think he will. I think he, you know, he's just one of these figures like Dave Chappelle and Kanye West, quite frankly, Donald Mm -hmm. Trump, that he's hard. It's like nailing jello to the wall. Like you can't, you can't get a beat on, you can't, you can't put him in a jar. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, you can say that they were all red pilled or whatever, but they, uh, they're not accepting of the premise that the construct media and big tech put out there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I know there's people on the right, they, they don't trust any CEO of any, you know, billion dollar company. They're never, they're never going to, they mm-hmm. see Musk the same as they see Bezos, mm-hmm. but you know, it is encouraging to have some really rich guys on our team that seem to want to preserve the first amendment um, and, and, and allow for the actual arena of ideas to take place because, you know, big tech was becoming like the Coliseum where, you know, conservatives were just being fed to the lions every day. There was that, there was actually no arena of ideas. Yeah. Cancellation, deplatform, demonetize, shadow ban. And quite frankly, when they couldn't get you that way, like Rand Paul's neighbor coming over and breaking his ribs or Bernie Sanders, his buddy shooting up a baseball game or people giving out Brett Kavanaugh's home address so they can go kill him. Guy jumping on stage, trying to stab Dave Chappelle guy jumping on stage, stabbing Salman Rushdie. Look, sometimes totalitarians, if they can't get you digitally, they may show up, knock, knock physically. But AJ, that's crazy because they're the party of, you know, inclusivism and let's all get along and we need to be tolerant of everybody. I mean, right? Yeah, no, no, you're, look, they're tolerant as long as you've got an extension cord running out of your head, plugged into MSNBC. That's as far as their tolerance goes, right? Right. So, I mean, forget it. I mean, they're not, they're playing for keeps too, you know? Republican party, like usual, we're all inside the tent firing at each other. Mitch McConnell's, you know, Foghorn Leghorn doing this. And then we got, you know, uh, Paul Ryan's out there, Jeb Bush, 1% Jeb. Wasn't that what Trump called him? I mean, really, it's just such a circus. Yeah. 1% Jeb, 1% Jeb thinks we care about his opinion. Mm hmm. Now, I, I think honestly, from all of this that we've learned over the last two years, it's really opened everyone's eyes to all of the rhinos, all of the people who are, and you know, I call them politicians. Politicians are the ones that don't care about the people's interests. They care about themselves only. And I'm excited to uh, see that hopefully we're going to have some great America first candidates getting in, taking over the House and the Senate would be amazing. 
before before we go, I did want to point out, I thought this was really great. In chapter 50, and I don't want to spoil too much of the book. I want everybody to go and get a copy. But chapter 50, it says, we need bullies so we can be heroes. Give us a 30-second synopsis of your point there in that chapter. Well, look, um, it's creative destruction. It's, it's what drives capitalism. Um, that's what Milton Friedman called it. In culture, um, you know, sometimes in order to get, for America to get the vaccine they need, we have to go through trauma. So some of the some of the biggest superheroes that are in fiction and in nonfiction, whether it's Bruce Wayne or Abraham Lincoln, they had to go through some sort of trial and tribulation in order to become the hero that you want them to be, the hero you need in the moment. And, you know, I call Trump the vaccine America needed in the book because without some of the some of the, you know, quite frankly, Look, there is a uniparty in Washington. A lot of what you see is like pro wrestling. Not a lot of sunlight between, you know, maybe the Bush worldview and the Clinton worldview. Uh, so, or the McCain worldview and the Obama worldview. You know, you'll get some variations on judges and things like that. But the same people get their pockets lined. And you could call Reagan the great communicator. You could call uh, Lincoln the great emancipator. But Trump was the great disruptor. Yes, he and, was. And we needed it. This country needed to get slapped, get a cold bucket of water dumped over its head. So, um, and I think there might be a third act on the way. We will be very interested to see how that all plays out. AJ, thank you so much for joining the show. Can't wait to have you back on. Take care. April, big fan. You're a patriot. Let's go get them. Thank you. Hey, thanks so much for joining us today on another edition of Face the Facts. If you haven't subscribed already, make sure you hit that subscribe button. And if you're watching on Rumble, sign up for a Rumble account today and subscribe to my channel. So that way you'll always know when another important episode hits. And please share this episode with family and friends and subscribe to my podcast as well on all podcast platforms. Thanks for joining me today. God bless. We'll see you next time.